All righty. How about that? Checking in for us. We appreciate it. The captain, of course, and the great uh, company he has, Global Threat Solutions, for peace of mind in uncertain times. You go to that website. The captain has so many services provided. GlobalThreatSolutions.com, uh, ladies and gentlemen, for peace of mind in uncertain times. You want to check out that site. Uh, you also want to check out the captain's show on Saturday mornings at 11 o'clock. We'll preview that in a little while. The captain's brief. If you have not heard the captain's brief, Ken Bombay, Tom Evans, you're missing a lot. Incredible guests. That of the likes of a General Petraeus back in the day, Steve Israel, you name it, all part of the mix as far as uh, the great captain who joins us right now. Sir, always good having you. And you know, the, the global threat report, we call it. And if that isn't apropos, even more so on a day like today, Cap, I don't know what is. A lot happening uh, over in the Middle East over in the last 15 hours or so, Cap. Huh? But uh, all in all, that is the case. Lots to watch here. A lot of, I got a ton of yeah. questions. Lots. Yep, yep. Lots going on. So I guess we could start with this, this oil tanker that Iran sees. And it's sort of like everything that we're going to be covering, Jay, it's interrelated somehow. But so Iran taking this vessel is in retaliation to the U.S. seizing a million barrels of oil from the same ship under another name about a year ago. But it's also uh, in response for the Houthi attack we launched on, on Houthi's side just yesterday. So, Jay, the U.S. seized the St. Nicholas last year in a sanctions enforcement operation. Basically, they were violating sanctions. We seized that same ship. At the time, it was under the name Suez Rajan. We took that ship and the oil that was on it. And at the time, Iran warned the U.S. that the move would not go unanswered. So yesterday, they reported armed intruders aboard the St. Nicholas as it sailed close to the Omani city of Sohar. And then the tracking system was turned off. As we know, it was headed towards an Iranian port. So that's what we know now. And the initial U.S. response, in my opinion, Jay, was pretty mild. White House spokesman John Kirby says there's no justification whatsoever to seize it, none whatsoever they need to let it go, which I think that's common sense, but I think we could have used a little more force. And now we have to consider, Jay, where does this leave us? So what is the exact plan that Iran has? And that's unclear at this time, but obviously we could be looking at a hostage situation and that could be used for leverage in the conflict in Gaza and also for significant ransom. We're just kind of waiting to see right now because it's still developing. You know, this is such a fluid situation. Uh, I don't even know where to begin with you. I, I guess a lot of people are not happy with Joe Biden and he ordered these airstrikes without approval of Congress, uh, which you know, technically, you could claim it's a violation of the Constitution although I, I think it was well needed it's about time we did something here, Cap regarding retaliation. You also have the Secretary of Defense who's been holed up in a hospital for five days. Nobody knew what was going on. Nobody knew exactly he, I mean, Lloyd Austin well, unfortunately, listen, I hope he gets a 100% bill of health, but he should be terminated. Can't have the leader of your Defense Department uh, in the greatest power of the world, pretty much MIA. And the President of the United States didn't even know the heck where he was? I mean, come on. And then uh, Austin decides to have a, uh, a mindset to get this thing. I mean, there's so many there's so many questions here. It's almost like, you know, who, who who's in charge? I guess that's the overall question, Captain. Uh, who's in charge? Yeah. Who's calling the shots? Is it Barack? Is it Michelle? Is it the Rice? <laughs> Back in the days of Ron Klain? I mean, come on. I mean, who's leading the way? Is it Dr. Jill? I mean, I don't know. Do I really think Joe Biden is in the situation room looking at targets when a guy can't even, you know, see straight? I mean, I, I tell you, I don't want to make a joke about it, but this is a very serious situation. And we seem to very lack the wherewithal of a very intense situation happening around the world right now. Right. I agree. And, you know, I try and cover these stories from a 
national security perspective. That's what I want to see. Like right now, you're right. There's some Republicans. They're not happy. They weren't notified about this strike on the rebels. However, the last thing right now I want to take time to criticize the Biden administration over is being aggressive militarily because we needed this. And I think what Republicans wanted was to be notified of it, not necessarily to have to approve it. But again, it was long overdue and we need more of it. We should hit every single target that we can in Yemen. If they have the ability to launch drones or missiles, we need enough map. So uh, with that being said, though, what you just said as far as who's in charge, I have to say, you know, again, I try and look at these national security issues, not from a political standpoint. But the other day, there was, uh, you know, I was I'm watching the news cycle. Former President Trump was being interviewed, and he said he made a statement where he said, you know, we have someone in charge right now who literally needs to be led off stage. He doesn't know where he's going. And he's dealing with people like Vladimir Putin and President Xi. These are smart, cunning people. And he's right, Jay. He's right. I mean, that's not a political statement. Anyone, either side of the aisle, Joe Biden's not up for this task. Clearly, he's not calling all the shots. And as far as Lloyd Austin, I agree. I don't necessarily not support Lloyd Austin as Secretary of Defense. What I would say is he was trying to go under the radar with a, a major medical procedure. You can't do that. You can't do that as Secretary of Defense. Someone's got to be in charge. We need to know about this. The president needs to know about that. You know, we're in a very precarious time right now as far as uh, geopolitics and as far as our military operations are concerned. You can't just, you know, go under for a few days and be an ICU and think that the rest of the government doesn't need to be informed of that and have a solid plan. And I'm sure they argue that they did, but that was a mistake. That was a problem. And, and you know, I would say that that justification for uh, potentially stepping down. Yeah, let me ask you something, because we had a lot of help here, the UK, we had Australia involved, we had a lot of help from our friends. Is Was this a planned retaliation from months prior, or is this something that uh, was just conjured up with all that's going on and the Houthis have been a, an absolute thorn on our side here uh, with what they're doing out of Yemen. Do you think this was in the works for a couple of months or not? So yes, definitely. So the way this our national security system works is our military, the Pentagon and all the branches, they're always landing. They're always landing for every possible operation that we may have to launch based on what's going on in the world at times. So they're ready. These are on the shelf, these operations, Jay. They're waiting. We have planners in the Pentagon. This operation in, against Yemen clearly was planned for some time and they update. It's a dynamic situation. So they're updating those plans all the time. And then what happens is someone in our civilian leadership gives the thumbs up and, they, and then they, they launch the operation. And that's how this happened. They didn't just come up with this plan. They, since they first started launching drones in the Red Sea, I'm confident that our military and the UK was planning for an eventual attack on these sites. And then ultimately that decision needs to be made by our civilian leaders, where our government works. And I'm, I'm sure this plan was fully developed before they got the thumbs up. So this could have been in the works, you're saying, for what, a month or two, maybe three? Oh, easy. Since they started these, now I'm not saying that President Biden had this, the military definitely did. They have planners responsible for that part of the world okay. who were, were working hard to have those talks. They didn't just pick those sites. Those sites, that's intelligence that was gathered and identified and put into a, an operation that could be launched at any time if given the word. So I would say definitely, you know, since those strikes began, they started working on that plan. Maybe even in sooner because, you know, that is a, an issue what's going been going on in Yemen for some time. But then again, you know, I'm factoring in in this equation the dereliction of duty of the, the head of defense. I mean, not even his deputy knew what was going on with Lloyd Austin. It's unbelievable. A, a plan that might have been the worst for months. You have the defense leader in a hospital with a serious problem that he's trying to take care of, but did not alert anybody. With all this in the works, then Lloyd Austin awakens only to kind of facilitate and give the green light. I mean, it's unbelievable. Meanwhile, you got a president of the United States who was kind of missing in action himself. Uh, I, I tell you, it doesn't get worse. I, I will say this. This is why I, I always hear the verb 
adage, uh, Captain, of leading peace by strength, you know, the, the old Reagan doctrine. We don't have that in this country at all. And these nefarious individuals around the world know exactly what is going on here. I'll say this. If Trump was in office, this never would have happened. It never would have occurred. I am telling you, I am so sure of that. Anybody of, of sheer competence would never have allowed this to happen, Captain. Yeah, I would agree, and I would agree because of the time, the, the larger timeline. Oh. I'd agree it never, would never have happened because the Afghanistan withdrawal would have never happened yep. the way that it is. And we would have never sat on the sidelines with complete weakness while Putin Putin never would have moved into Ukraine had President Trump been in charge. And this isn't a, a pro-President Trump statement. This is a realistic national security statement. I mean, if you look at a snapshot of what the world was like and our military operations at that time and this time, I mean, it couldn't be different. It's as if the world on fire right now. It well, is. And the threats I'll are greater than we've ever seen. Yeah. And, and meanwhile, you know, Iran is calling the shots, literally, you know, with the Houthis, uh, with what's happening with Hezbollah. And of course, Hamas, who started it all way back in October the 7th. And, and Iran is going about its business. And the only thing that really, you know, and what really irks me is I keep going back to this deal, this Iran nuclear deal, the $6 billion, the exchange for prisoners and everything else, the freezing so-called of the assets, but still the revenue stream of the oil that has driven Iran to do as they do until we cut the head of the snake. That's where it is. We will continue to have these uh, incidents, these situations that seem to never go away because Iran is being Iran here, Captain. Yep, and look at that weak statement that John Kirby put out yesterday. They need to let it go. I mean, this is why we're in this situation. First place. I've been saying since the beginning, enough with these, you know, these very mild proxy group strikes in Syria, in Iraq, and the very limited response we've had in the Red Sea. This is all being operated by Iran. This is all being led by Iran, and we need to hold them responsible directly as a nation. And we're not doing it, Joe. We're doing this little piecemeal, hit a, a munitions depot in Syria. Who cares? Who cares about that? That is preventing nobody. That is, is deterring no one from doing anything. We need to take full responsibility, target Iranian target assets. And now look at what just happened with this ship. Are we going to do anything about this? What is our plan for this? Um, It seems like, you know, I would think that we would have already had plans in place when they took that ship to take it back, you know? I mean, they boarded this with uh, armed personnel. Do we have a plan? You know, and by the way, you know, this is sort of a, uh, I don't want to use the word transient, but the shipping industry, there might be people on that ship, you know, I'm saying like maritime workers from all over the world. And that's often the case, right? It's not always people from one country. So there could be multiple countries involved in this because they might have hostages. So I think it's where Iran's not even denying they're responsible for this stuff. I think at this point, we have to start targeting Iran. How are we not, do we not have the most powerful sanctions in history against Iran right now is unexplainable to me, Jay. I don't understand that. And that's just on the economic side. Militarily, we need to be targeting Iranian assets. And to sit here and tiptoe and say, well, I don't want to have this wider regional conflict because of this Gaza situation, because I'm in a presidential election, is ridiculous. We're already in the wider regional conflict. We're fighting in the Red Sea. They're stealing commercial ships and, you know, uh, Iran taking, and they're targeting us. I think now it's over 130 times in the Middle East, Jay. We're already in the wider conflict. Now we have to fight back. We have to take the fight to them, and we have not done that yet. And Biden, Biden's way over his head. So is uh, Alondra Mayorkas. So is, it seems, that Lloyd Austin. Uh, so is uh, Kamala. Uh, you want to throw Pete Buttigieg in. You want to throw in Jennifer Granholm in. Uh, listen, I could go on and on and on. This is the worst administration and cabinet members, uh, to me, in the history of this country. And it'll go down as such, I'll tell you that much. I just hope we're, we're all to live another day here because, you know, when you read this stuff happening at the border uh, with all that's going on overseas, when you read the fact of Border Patrol cap apprehending about 169 members of the FBI's terrorist watch list attempting uh, to cross the southern border.
further illegally in fiscal year 2023. That's more than 10 times as many potential terrorists uh, as Border Patrol detained in the four years before this guy took office, Joe Biden. And that's a scary part of it. And, you know, I, I listen to all these experts. They say it's imminent. You know, it's it's not. It's They say it's just a matter of time, unfortunately, folks. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that's that's uh, another part of this equation there, Captain. Yep, it is. We've talked about that so much. And you're totally right about cabinet. You know, I learned this a long time ago. My father used to tell me, I was young, I was little, and he would say, if you're ever in a leadership role, surround yourself with brilliant. That's what he used to tell me. He was a leader himself. And I remember I was in Iraq, I was a captain, and I was given a mission, a free high-profile mission. And some of the people, um, I was to build this police department in Samara, Iraq. And a lot of the people that I knew, friends in my unit, were kind of appealing to me to put them on the team. And I I was very careful. There's people you want to hang out with and drink a beer with, and you pick them for other reasons. But when you're in charge of something, you want those go-to people. You want competence. You want people that are going to help you be successful. You don't need to be buddies. You need people who are going to get the job done. That clearly was not done when he decided to build this cabinet. That was not what his uh, justification for selecting these people was. And you could see it. It's in the results, which we see every single day. No doubt about it. The captain uh, with us, of course, Global Threat Report, and certainly uh, all that uh, is uh, is happening at that southern border. My goodness. A couple other things before we let you go. We'll talk about the captain's brief for tomorrow. About the clown show it was regarding the first son with an appearance uh, at, in the congressional uh, building into the uh, into the deposition room, so to speak. But, you know, Hunter and his uh, other two stooges there, uh, I mean, it's unbelievable. Can you imagine this? The goal? The unmitigated goal? I, I love what uh, Nancy, pa- Nancy Mace had to say. She was spot on. And then Hunter, I guess, was offended. And the three stooges then left the building. I mean, you talk about a clown show going on right now in in uh, in Washington, not only in the White House, but now, now with uh, this stuff, this stuff with Hunter. Yeah. So, well, you know, you hit it on the head, and that's what I would say. Forget about partisanship. Forget about Republicans and Democrats. The overall picture of a circus, an embarrassing circus that the world is watching, that's what I take away from that act when he went in there. And the bickering and fighting and nonsense, I'm just, it's it's so embarrassing. And, you know, there's there's emerging countries out there. There's, you know, developing nations, where, and their parliaments, they're sitting and, and laughing or, or in astonishment saying, I can't believe this is the United States. It is hit an all-time low as far as nothing crosses the line anymore. Nothing crosses the line. And politics have become to such a fever pitch right now in this country that we can't get anything done and we're constantly diminishing our status in the world. People see that. It's not just domestic politics. The world watches. And when all these shenanigans are going on, it really diminishes our status and our position in the world as a leader. And the problem with that is where there's a void, it will be filled. And, And we know who wants to fill that. And we see the BRICS alliance. We see China. They're all watching this. They love to see things like that because it just shows, shows such wild dysfunction in our country right now. You know what's sad is we elect these officials to make very important decisions for all of us. And the focus is anything but. You know, we're try, they're trying to nail down a former president so that he's off the ballot and, and cannot run in 2024. They're back and forth regarding Hunter Biden. Instead of really trying to figure out, you know what, how about we fund this country properly? Uh, how, how about we come to some sort of an agreement to keep our, our borders safe, to keep our, our residents safe, our 330 million residents safe. I mean, it's unbelievable. I, I look at these shows at night, same old, same old nonsense. If I see James Comer on a, on a, on, a, on Fox News, I'm going to throw up. I, I, honestly, listen, I'm not saying it's it's not important to make sure that justice is given properly, but we've got so many problems in this country. It, it's it's absolutely amazing. And, and we're not tending to anything. You know, we, we got a DOJ that, that works for the president that's trying to nail down Donald Trump, and this goes on 
16 of 24 hours a day. It's unreal. It really is. Where are the priorities that we had? Our founding fathers never wanted this crap. I'll tell you that much, what we see. It, it is a, it is appalling. It's embarrassing. Yeah. You know what's actually embarrassing? Can you imagine these these other lands around the world? With it? And that's why, folks, that's why what we're seeing right now. That's why Iran is going off. Tim's going off in, in North Korea firing missiles, you know, like it's New Year's Eve. That's what you're seeing with G. He's been a little quiet, but don't underestimate him. That's what you're seeing right now. Putin doing yeah. the same thing. That's it. Zelensky. Open hands out all the time. I need more money. It's unbelievable. We are a reckless society with no priorities at all. I'll tell you, if if ever we needed new leadership, and I still think Joe Biden will not be the guy. I'm going to tell you right now, he is not going to be the guy, Cap. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, Jamie Dimon, you know, CEO for, for J.P. Morgan just came out. He's very respected. His words respected. And he mentioned that, that Joe Biden's going to drop out by March. That's his that's his opinion. And uh, his, his words usually have a lot of weight. And I would agree, not necessarily by March, but I can't imagine him being the candidate. And, you know, another a couple other things I would say is, yes, what you just said is so true. One of the big problems I have with what's going on now is the local jurisdictions um, legally going after a former president. I do not think that president should have 100%, you know, immunity for anything. But there's something to be said for immunity at some level for presidents and former presidents, because let's face it, it's not just about them. It's not just about our country. Again, the world is watching, right? And it makes us look bad. There's probably federal laws are so broad and so powerful. There's probably not a president we had that if you dug deep enough, we could in charge with something. I think it has to be significant and in your face and beyond, um, you know, denial. And to have local DAs doing what they're doing, who are clearly so partisan and, and problematic too, like the one in Georgia we now see has, you know, it looks like going to have legal problems of her own. The New York one I really have issues with because first of all, we have a county DA uh, charging uh, the former president, which I think is ridiculous. But let's face it, Leticia James has made a, for a year or longer, made statements saying, uh, you know, we got to take him down, make sure he can't run. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's on video. And how is that not a problem than uh, being behind a prosecution of him? But then also the way it's being done, you know, I, I'm a retired detective. There's no complainant in that case. When there's no complainant, there's no case. And, you know, the, the people who lent them this money, first of all, anyone, they're saying he exaggerated his wealth on an application. Are you kidding me? In New York City, in commercial business in New York City? I mean, it's probably more the case than not. Also, you know, how many other people are they charging for that exact thing? Probably nobody. They're probably not charging anyone with that in New York City. And finally, I'd say for her to say, her, her ambition is to say that he could never do business in New York again for the rest of his life. This is insanity. Do they do that to people even? Or is that just retaliation against Trump? And this isn't, again, Republican, Democrat. It's making us look like a third world nation, this kind of insanity. And I think there should be something in place. Yes, if president, if it's glaring enough and serious enough, they should be held accountable for that. But it should not be done by a county DA who is highly partisan. It looks horrible. The, the optics are horrible for our country. No doubt. I mean, often Gorin should actually hold up a sign when he smiles and those dentures are sparkling and just saying that, you know, on that sign, he should say, hey, I'm presiding over the former president's trial. I'm Arthur Gorin. I mean, this is the clown show that we have going on, not only in the courts around our country, around the world. It's unbelievable. Cap, never a clown show is the show you put on on a Saturday morning, the captain's brief. You and Tom, Mr. Evans, uh, what a job. Give me a sense tomorrow, my friend, at 11 o'clock. Yep. So tomorrow, we're, we're excited to have the Deputy Suffolk County Deputy Sheriff's PBA President, John Becker, is coming on. We're going to talk about law enforcement issues primarily, and with the new administration and the way in 2024, what, what we see as some of the challenges and, and some exciting stuff that might be coming forward in law enforcement. And the next week, Jay, we have Chan, Chad Lennon, Suffolk County Legislator, former Marine officer and attorney. He's coming on, and I'm 
excited to uh, interview him about what he sees as some of the challenges in Suffolk County going forward. And I also, with his military background, I'm going to get his opinion on some of the issues we just talked about, some of the global issues, national security issues. So we're looking forward to these next two weeks, and we're already working on some really exciting guests going forward. Wow. Those are two great ones. I'll tell you, Chad Lennon is one of those up-and-coming guys uh, in, in rising uh, during the elections and everything else and capturing a post. We had him on. He's a very intelligent individual, well-spoken, and, and uh, has a lot of great ideas. I'll tell you that much. I'll look forward to hearing that. Captain's Brief with Tom Evans and the Captain. Uh, 11 o'clock every Saturday morning right here on LI News Radio. Cap, I know you'll be watching and monitoring. We'll text each other, I'm sure. But, man, I'll tell you, never a dull day, right? Never. And I look forward to our next uh, conversation, Jay. You got it for finding uncertain times. You got to check out Cap's company, Global Threat Solutions. GlobalThreatSolutions.com.